really glad. Glad you all here this morning. Looking forward to always anticipate what God's going to say. Now, the, the neat thing is, is I kind of know what he's going to say because I've got it written down. <laughs> and, but anyway, uh, we're thrilled that you're here and uh, anticipating God's blessings. We're in Revelation chapter 2, if you want to turn there. And uh, let's see what God has to talk to us about this morning. Um, I, I know probably this hasn't happened to any of you here, but have you ever uh, felt sorry for yourself? You ever had that happen? You know, poor me, you know, type thing. I, I, you know, I, I'm sure probably sometime in your life you probably had that happen. You know, poor me, and, you know, why is this happening to me, and why am I going through all this? And you know what I, I found about suffering, of course, which we're dealing with here in Revelation chapter 2, it doesn't really matter if you cause the problem or someone else caused the problem, it still hurts. We still got to deal with it. And uh, it doesn't go away. And, and uh, I find that one thing that suffering has a tendency to do, it helps us to focus. Have you noticed that? When you're going through a difficult situation, you're able to better focus on whatever the, the problem is. Uh, last week we talked about this. That wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be wonderful if, uh, if we could just uh, have a seat here and, uh, and have a meeting with Jesus? And just see what he says about things. And, uh, you know, sometimes in living this life, this is a very difficult life that we live. And, and sometimes when we're not careful, uh, we put it into the mystical, you know. And when we do that, uh, you know, what happens if we call it mystical, then it's very difficult to nail it down. And it's very difficult to realize that what we're dealing with here is a life. And, and we're dealing with a relationship. And I, I realize that folks that have a religion, folks that re are religious people, probably have a problem uh, when it comes to really dealing with the Lord and what God thinks about things. But, but I'm so grateful that there's no subject matter that he doesn't deal with. Isn't that great? Amen? There's nothing that we go through. And I realize that what, what our country is going through right now, and you realize we're going through a little political thing right now. Have you noticed that? And uh, it would be very easy to, uh, you know, want to scream and yell and tear your hair out. Did that last week. And, uh, but uh, the reality is that God really has all this stuff taken care of. And uh, when we were in the study, uh, of course, if, you're, if you really enjoy studying the book of Revelation, you need to come at 930 uh, in our classes. They're going verse by verse all through the book of Revelation. And, uh, and so I encourage you to come if, if you're really, uh, really interested in getting into the book and, and particularly the day that we're living and you need to understand what's getting ready to happen to us. But what we're doing, we're actually in the book of Revelation also, but we're looking at it from a little bit different point of view. What we're, what we're looking at it is, uh, is God is speaking to seven churches. Uh, they were in Asia. Uh, these were real churches. Uh, they uh, all went through difficult situations. A few weeks ago, we talked about the Ephesus church, and the Ephesus church was a busy church. Uh, uh, they were very active. God did not condemn them for their activity. He commended them for their activity, but what he condemned them for was that's all they had was activity. I mean, they were just, they were so busy that they forgot the main thing, and the main thing is love. And God, Jesus wanted them to love him. Uh, they wanted that, they wanted, he wanted them for that to be primary in their life. You know, he wanted that to be the case and all. And so uh, he talked about that, and he explained why they needed to do that, that one of the steps of growth and change is putting Jesus first. And so you need to ask yourself, I, I think that's one of those things that you need to check on every so often. You know, my love for the Lord, am I expressing it to him? Is it, is it real? 
Uh, you know, sometimes I hear people talk about things they do in love, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that love does not behave itself unseemly, you see. And so uh, we find that the Lord is really dealing with the Ephesus church. As he, was, as he was talking to them, he was saying, you guys are doing a pretty good job, but you need to understand that you need not to lose that first love. And then we find as we move further into the scripture, uh, he talks to the Smyrna church. Smyrna church was a church that was suffering. Uh, Smyrna was a very uh, popular city, uh, a harbor city, a uh, very affluent city. Uh, you know, it, was, uh, it had much to uh, be admired, see. And yet the Christians were there. They were going through a very difficult time. We, we gave you a couple of things last week if you're in Revelation. Uh, verse 8, it says, And unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things say at the first and the last, and which was dead and is alive. And, of course, that's Jesus that's speaking. Hey, doesn't the Bible say somewhere where two or three are gathered together that he'll be there in the midst? Doesn't it say in the Bible somewhere? So he's here, isn't he? He's here. And so you may not understand why you're here, but he understands why you're here. He's having this meeting with you. And the thing he's desiring to do for you, he wants to share in part some, uh, some things that will help you understand when you're going through suffering. If you've had that kind of poor me type of situation or feeling sorry for yourself. And believe me, let me help you with that. Everybody goes through that. Everyone faces that situation, depression, all this kind of difficulty because of the world that we're living in and all. And so Smyrna was not an unusual place. And the Lord said to them in verse 9, I know the works. We talked about it a lot. I know what you're going through, your tribulation, uh, the poverty, but thou art rich. And, of course, what I like about God, God knows things about you that you don't know. That's pretty, pretty neat, isn't it? God knows things about you that you're not even aware of. These folks thought they were poor. He said, you're not poor. You're actually very rich. And so he, he was imparting that to them. He talked about the blaspheme of them which say they're Jews and, and are not, and they're the synagogue of Satan. We'll talk more about that. And we also kind of give you some thought on verse 10. Fear none of those. And this is such an important scripture. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. You know, when I'm thinking about suffering, you know what I'm thinking about? Getting out of it. How about y'all? Amen? I don't like to suffer. You know, I don't think, wow, what a great day to suffer. You know? I just, I just don't think that way. I don't think that's, I don't think God wants me to think that way. But it does happen. We do go through very difficult times. And, and what he's saying here is, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. In other words, not that you won't suffer, but don't fear those things. Behold, the devil, and I'll get these next two verses. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. You shall have tribulation ten days. You know what's neat about that scripture? It's not going to last forever. The suffering that we're going through, that 10 days, it's going to be brief, whatever you're going through, whatever is plaguing you right now. It's not going to be forever. Uh, there is an expiration date to our suffering. Amen? Woo, Mama, I don't want to suffer. You know, I, I don't mind you suffering. <clears throat> but uh, come tell me about it because I want to empathize with you. But uh, we know that uh, it's not going to go on forever. That's what that 10 days thing is to help us understand it's brief. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcome shall not be hurt of the second death. What's happening in these particular scriptures is that, is that God is not ignoring. Uh, he's not sitting over here and ignoring the suffering they were going through. Uh, he, he wasn't acting. God's not saying, don't act like, act like it doesn't hurt. He wasn't saying that, was he? Uh, he wasn't saying, hey, it'll be okay. It may not be okay. He didn't say, you're going to make it through this. You may not make it through this. 
Uh, sometimes we have a tendency when it comes to, to God and, and, and to Christianity, and as he's speaking to us, uh, we, we, I don't, I, it's amazing when we seem to filter out all the things that these guys went through. And we think, what a strange thing. If I'm going through some problems in my life, I must be messed up. No, not necessarily. And so what he's talking about here, he said, now, I want you to know I understand what you're going through. You know, I think one of the reasons maybe God may have brought you here this morning is for you to understand that he understands. Sometimes we don't think anybody understands. Have you been there? Or even cares about what you're facing. I think one of Satan's ploys when it comes to really messing us up is to think that we are so isolated that no one really cares about us and no one really understands what we're going through. And now, frankly, humanly speaking, that's probably pretty true. But it's not true of Jesus Christ. He does understand. He says, don't be afraid. Understand that. He says here, there's some things I want to tell you. Uh, there verse, he that hath an ear, let him hear. I want to say some things to you. And what he's getting ready to do here, he's getting ready to tell us some truth. The thing about truth is truth brings light helps to take the thing out of darkness that we're going through and shed some light on that. And here's what he's doing here. He's shedding some light. He says, I want you to understand, I know what you're going through. Don't be afraid. Hey, you know, I don't give you the spirit of fear, not, not to be concerned, but let me shed some light on what you're dealing with. Well, what, what's what you're facing? He said, I want you to understand there's four kinds of persecution you're going to go through. Poverty. He said, I know your poverty. Uh, the reason why they were having problems when they stand for Christianity here, they were being attacked uh, economically and financially, and we see that happening today. Because of people's stand for Christ and their convictions, they're being fined, leveling fines against folks because they're standing for their convictions, what they believe God would have them to do, and we're living in a world that quickly this is taking place. Poverty because of their stand. Slander. Isn't it interesting? You cannot slander Islam. I mean, with our Islam conference a couple weeks ago, that was a great conference we had here and all. I hope you enjoy it. In fact, I was with them on Thursday, and probably next year we'll have them back again and all. But it's interesting what we're seeing here. Uh, you know, they can make fun and slander Christianity, and they do. And it's okay. Seemingly, they say it's okay. And so slander's going on today, being belittled. Uh, he talked about here in, in Revelation 2, they'd be in prison. <laughs> you know, if you read the Bible very much, a lot of these guys saw the inside of a prison. I mean, I mean, because of their stand, I mean, it was not unusual for them to be in prison. That was going to go on. And of course, death was also uh, going to take place. He talked about that. Let me ask you a question. In all four of those persecutions, which you, what do you think is the, is the strongest one in the United States, would you say, of those four? Class? Don't bow your head like you're praying. Said, oh, hope you don't pick me. Well, I'll give it to you. Slander. We're living in days of slander. You know, I mean, it's amazing how that, I mean, you watch the news and, you, and, and you, uh, it's just amazing how they can say and do things and, and think it's okay. And so we're kind of living in that situation. So that's kind of the persecutions he said was coming about. And the reason he was doing these things, he wanted to shed some light on what was happening. He, he wanted to, them to see what was taking place. Now, the source of the persecution was the powerful. Uh, back in that day, it was the Roman government. Uh, they, the Roman government, particularly the Caesars, they wanted uh, you to bow down and worship them, and, and that wasn't going to happen for Christians. You know the greatest source of power in America is the media. Not necessarily the government, the media. I mean, they, it, what has happened, the truth, 
those who tell the truth are, are <laughs> let me change that. The, this, is, this is not the same thing. Those who tell the news, you see where I'm coming? Not necessarily the same thing as truth, is it? But those who tell the news are more powerful than those that do the news. Those that are reporting these things are more powerful than the folks that are folks that are actually doing that. And you've got to understand the difficulty with that. If they start, if they start painting the Christian as a homophobe and as not tolerant and they're not loving and they're not caring and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't really matter because you are guilty until proven innocent in the media. And so we're living in days where the powerful is one of the sources of this persecution, the culture uh, that we live in. Uh, Smyrna was a very, very powerful city, and, and they had a temple called to Tiberius, who was the emperor. They believed in emperor worship. In fact, they had to work real hard to, uh, to obtain the right to build a temple to the emperor. And so when you were in Smyrna, listen, that was, that was what they were all about. I mean, they were all about worshiping the, the emperor. And, I mean, they, uh, they, they, that, that indicated who they were. And here are these bunch of Christians over here that won't bow down, that won't bow down to the emperor. Who do they think they are? That's exactly what was going on. They were upset that they would not bow down to this emperor. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a tough situation. Culture can be a really a problem. You think we have culture pressure today amen or oh me are you familiar with a restaurant called chick-fil-a chick-fil-a here was like last week the the mayor of new york bellasio is that it bellasio one of you guys is friend probably and uh bellasio wanted to boycott chick-fil-a you know why he wanted to boycott chick-fil-a he hates chicken Gotcha. No, he said the guys at Chick-fil-A believe in traditional marriage. What a crime. What a crime. You know what's interesting? When you go back to what, you know, he wasn't even, he was asked his opinion. He wasn't even forcing his opinion on someone. Hey, by the way, I believe in traditional marriage also. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but what's so funny, you know, uh, now I realize that backfired on him, but Chick-fil-A had a good day, you know, pretty close to what happened here, you know, type of same type of situation. But what I want you to understand, it's not going to always be that way. I, I realize we kind of smile and, you know, but what bothers me that he would even think he had the right to do that. I mean, to think that some of these guys who are, are in power have a right to go against what God's Word says and think that's okay, it's not okay. And I think that because it doesn't mean it, because it doesn't work, let me tell you what's happening, guys, what's happening in our society. They are pushing against our, our, our bedrock core values and seeing how far can they push these values and folks will do anything about it. If they do nothing about it, they'll go on with their system and with their program. And we need to understand this is a culture war today, and we're going through that, and that's one of the, the sources of our persecution. And we need to be aware of that, of course, without question. And the Bible talks about the third uh, source of our grief and our suffering is Satan. Uh, he's the ultimate source of all our problems and difficulties. And I, I realize that in America that we're not suffering persecution. I mean, we're getting a little grief. Dale and I was talking this morning. Syria used to be full of Christians. Isn't right, Dale? They were full of Christians. You know they've killed them, basically, out of Syria. I mean, we're living in a world that's martyring Christians all over the world. 
And as Christians and believers, we sit in our comfort seats in America, and because it's not directly happening to us, we let our guard down, and we quit understanding that we are in enemy territory. This world's not our home. And the problem with a lot of believers today, they have put their roots so far down in this world, they don't realize this world is not our home. And quit acting like it. I want to tell you something. We better be praying for folks that are going through difficulties around the world. We better, we better be holding them up in prayer and doing what we can to help these folks and all. We better get off that train that says, well, it's not happening here, and because it, it has not happened, it will not happen. Wake up. Wake up. I want to tell you something. We are very close to these things happening. The very core values that we hold so dear are being trampled on, and we're sitting around like everything's okay. It's not okay. Be careful what makes you mad and doesn't make you mad. Be careful to get so used to what we're facing today that pretty soon we're just okay with everything. Now, we're living in very serious times, and let me encourage you, if you're going through persecution, the book of Psalms as well as the epistles of the New Testament are, are great to read. So Jesus was sitting here, sitting there, Jesus sitting here and saying, now, let me help you guys out. I know what you're going through. Well, that's kind of good. I'm glad for that. I understand it. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to be afraid. And then I want to share some light with you about the kind of persecutions that you're going to face and who's going to do it. Then he goes on. He says, I want you to be faithful. Look there in the scripture. He said, I want you to be faithful. I think it's very important to be faithful. But my question to you is, how, do you be, how can you be faithful during tough times? I'd like to be able to tell you that when tough times come, I will be faithful. But I'm not sure I will. I'm not sure I will be faithful. I find that I, that I, I have weaknesses. Uh, I struggle, just like you, and have weaknesses. And, I, you know, uh, I like to believe that when difficult times come is that I will be faithful. I like to believe that I wouldn't deny the faith, that I, I wouldn't stand against the things of God, but I would stand firm and all. But, but here's the deal. That's not going to happen if you don't get something straight in your mind this morning. You're not going to be faithful to God if you don't believe he's faithful to you. If you don't believe God is faithful to you, you will not be faithful to him. You've got to settle that in your heart and mind. A Corinthian says, First uh, Corinthians 1 9 God is faithful by whom ye were called under the fellowship of the Son of God Son of Christ Jesus our Lord second Thessalonians 3 3 but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil faithfulness doesn't are you listening faithfulness doesn't mean that God owes you a perfect life I can remember after I trusted Christ my personal Savior and I was 12 years old I really felt at that time, he said, well, I didn't have much background. He said, well, I had no background. He said, well, you mean you were raised at home, you never heard God's name? Oh, I heard God's name. I heard God's name a lot, but nothing in, in, in a good thing. But I was, after I trusted Christ as my personal Savior, I was so shocked. I know you'll be shocked too. Are you ready? I actually sinned. I can't believe, 
I actually sinned after I got saved. What's that all about? Uh, I didn't realize that the flesh was still very much alive and well. And even though the Bible says I've crucified, I'm crucified with Christ, I understand that, like Paul said in the book of Romans, the things I want to do, I'm not doing. The things I don't want to do, I'm doing that stuff. Hey, what he was actually saying, there's a battle going on. You need to be aware of that and all. So God didn't promise us a, a life of, without problems, but he said faithfulness means that you can trust God to keep his promise. That's pretty important, isn't it? If God said it, that settles it. He doesn't need your stamp of approval. God said it, that settles it. And God didn't promise, again, there'd be no problems. He said he'll give us strength to face the problems no matter what they are. And you're going to go through struggles. You're going to go through problems. Uh, things aren't going to necessarily always work for you. And sometimes we get the idea, uh, if, if things are working, then I'm in God's will. If, if I'm not having any difficulty, then I'm in God's will. Uh, if I'm not having any problems, then I'm in God's will. If I'm not having surgery tomorrow, and I am, then I'm in God's will. But let me tell you something right now, guys. Success is obedience. Not outward things. Obedience. See, success is inward. And we need to come into a situation to realize that God wants us to be obedient to him. And, he, and here's the cool thing I think that we need to get a hold of. He's promised that he will be faithful to us. The last thing that he says here is that he said, I will, verse, look at verse 10, fear none of those things which thou hast suffered. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. You shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death. Here he says, I will give you a crown of life. Now, I have to admit to you, there's a lot of things, now probably I'm the only one that's, that is in this. There's a lot of things in this world that does not make sense to me. There's, lots of stuff. There's stuff I'm seeing now that makes absolutely no sense to me. And <clears throat> I know that we're going to struggle, and that's tough. And I know we see our family and friends struggle. And, you know, and, and, and sometimes, I, you know, I don't know whether I've gotten older and wiser in this stuff, but I can remember when I was young in the ministry, I really believed I had to have all the answers. I, I had to, when someone asked me a question, I had to be able to answer that question. But you know, as I've gotten older, you know, I found out sometimes there is no answer. I, I don't really have an answer, but I can love people and care for people. And that's exactly what God would have us to do. Uh, and if we're really wanting to find an answer, we're going to find the answer in heaven. And I think it's important for us to realize that I know in this world, this world looks very, particularly if you watch HGTV, this world can be fixed. Do I have an amen? But what you've got to understand, that's on TV. When mama starts putting that on your, your own house, it's not a fun thing. Here's what brings fear in men's hearts. Your wife looks at you and says, we could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a witness, don't I? Well, guys, this place looks pretty impressive. And, you know, if you're a fan of fixer-uppers or the flips-or-flops or the, oh, God, help us not to do this again thing. That's, I love that's my show. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says this. I go to prepare a place for you. 
going to be pretty cool, isn't it? All these things that we are so are so enamored with. Not only, and 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 hey, and what's the three most important things in a place? Location, location, location. Look where we're going. <laughs> location. I mean, you know, it's just, I mean that that's the three most important things when you buying property. Well, my property, pretty good property. Location's pretty good shape. What do you think about the building? He's pretty good at what he does. Pretty good. And he's the one that's building it. Jesus is communicating with us. The pain that you're facing this morning is real, and the struggles hurt. But Jesus says this I know what you're going through, I understand. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He communicates to us light to help us understand what we're facing. He's faithful to us, and he wants us to be faithful. Then he's preparing a place for us this morning. Two things, and I'm done. The Scripture says, come unto me, all you that are weak, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And when you come to him, there's another scripture that says this, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. This morning, whatever brought you to this service, why, why you're here, I can tell you this, God brought you here to make it very clear to you that he's a very present help in the time of need. You may have walked in here this morning, and I know you. we, we walk into church on Sunday morning and we put our christian smiles on and we act like everything's okay and you know we're not having any problems and all that kind of stuff i i am persuaded there's not anyone in this building this morning that doesn't have burdens to bear and i'm so glad that we are able to with that in mind understand you may be here and maybe the real burden you have is you're not sure about eternity you know what a sad place to leave this church without knowing for sure if you die heaven to be your home what an awful thing. It doesn't have to be that way. This morning, if you're not really sure about eternity, you, need to, you don't have to walk down an aisle. Uh, Pastor Hardy will be here. I'll be around. Uh, but if you want to and if you want to come, and we'll take the word of God, and we'll show you how you can know for sure that heaven's your home. And we're not talking about we to make sure you're a real good church member. That's not going to get you to heaven. You can be a church member all you want. We can baptize you as many times as possible. It's not going to get you to heaven. See, there's, the only way you'll get to heaven is through Jesus Christ and his blood that was shed for us. And so this morning, if you really want to know more about that, you come. Let us share that with you. And maybe you're here this morning, and, man, you, are, you have come this morning. It was everything you could do to get out of your bed and to get here, and you were, you're so beat up, and, and, and you're so tired of acting like everything's okay. Doesn't that get tiresome? Everything's just okay. It's not okay. It hasn't been okay in so long. You've started believing that's the way you're going to live, just messed up and just in struggle and tied up and miserable. The Bible doesn't say that. This morning you need to come and say, God, I just need to, I need to come and get this load off me and put it on you. And he, you know what he says? Okay. That's why I spent time at Calvary for you. And so this morning I invite you. Maybe there's some burdens you're facing with your family and 
I realize we don't like anyone to know we have difficulty with our marriages or difficulty with our children or difficulty with our neighbors or our job. And we like to, act, we like to pretend everything's okay. But let me tell you something. It's just pretending. It's not real. It's not the world you live in. And so this morning, why don't you be honest? Why don't you be, you know, I know that'd be a novelty being in church. Why don't you be honest and come this morning, get on your knees before God and say, God, I'm just so tired the way this stuff is and i i just want to yield my stuff to you and god wherever i need to get right with you i want to get right with you and wherever i need to get right with our brothers and sisters i want to get right with them god i just want to i want to live this life with the assurance that i'm in exactly the place you have me and i'm in your will so whatever your need is this morning you may be suffering you probably are suffering well you don't have to suffer alone and you don't have to be bewildered by it because he has the answer so this morning the holy spirit speaking to your heart i i'm going to give you an invitation here in just a moment i invite you to come spend some time here before the lord whatever your need is would you stand with me we're going to pray together